Hi, welcome to Culturally Determined. I'm your host, R.A. Cohen-Wade, and my guest today is Nikki Wolf. Nikki, could you please introduce yourself? Hi, um, I'm Nikki Wolf. I'm the uh, reporter and host of The Sound Mystery of Havana Syndrome, which is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for coming on today. So, you, so yes, you are the host of a podcast uh, limited series that recently completed its run and the title once again is the sound mystery of havana syndrome and links to it will be in the show notes um so thank you so much for coming on i enjoyed the podcast a lot you do a deep dive into this very strange story that has been like a bizarre mystery <laughs> over the past yeah. couple years which is so-called so havana syndrome let's start off how did you arrive at this story? What attracted you to it? And how did you decide that a podcast was the was the medium you wanted to to use to explore it? Well, this is the the weird road that I went down to get to this is I for my previous show, I did a show about um, QAnon, the kind of conspiracy ecosystem that led to January 6th. Mm -hmm. um, and I previously I, when I was a print reporter, I'd reported on conspiracy theories and kind of online radicalization and things like that. Um, and so after I did that first show, I was approached by uh, Bradley Hope at Project Brazen, which is the, the company that commissioned the show. And he was like, what's, you know, what are other mysteries that we were sort of batting some mysteries back and forth and Havana syndrome, because it, it was such a weird, um, should I do a little uh, kind of a brief, um, what Havana syndrome is? Sure. Probably most people are at least vaguely aware of it at this point, And we're taping a couple weeks after there was a big yeah it was back in the news once again because there was a big government report about it released but yeah, yeah so if people have not heard of yeah it's, so in in super brief it was this thing where in 2016 in havana uh american service personnel working at the newly reopened embassy started getting mysteriously sick sort of headaches nausea insomnia um vision problems hearing problems uh, and they'd all heard this weird noise and so as that kind of process, the first theory was that it might be some kind of sonic energy device being deployed. Other theories involved different kinds of directed energy or that it might be down to cricket sounds or some kind of pesticide. Um, and it's just remained this mystery and none of the US agencies seem to be able to agree on what it could have been. Um, the sufferers have had to uh, really fight to get paid attention to and the US government, the Trump administration used it uh, as the reason to put Cuba back as into kind of pariah state. Um, so that that was the story as as it stood when when I came to it. And there was a whole other theory, which is that it could be psychogenic, like a not made up, like not actively made up, but a sort of what's called a, a mass psychogenic event or sort of a mass delusion, um, the sort of spread of the power of suggestion. And, right. And so, so when this, this first... was once this was once referred to as mass hysteria and is no longer right. referred to because yeah, of the sexist exactly. origins so of that exactly. phrase. Yeah. And so I was brought in and was immediately kind of specifically open to that as, a, as an explanation, right? Like I was a conspiracy theory reporter. It wasn't quite explicit that I was being brought in to sort of debunk this. But that was kind of the, the vibe, right? Um, and then as the more we did reporting, we, we reported, we discovered a whole load about first of all this long history going back way into the cold war of directed energy and this kind of tactic being used by you know by all sides and we also discovered a lot about the more up-to-date development of the sort of devices that could do this 
So once it became kind of in the realms of plausibility, and we'd heard also about how other countries had also been developing exactly this kind of tech, and we sort of saw the patents and the training videos for its use, suddenly it became much more plausible. And so we went on this on this crazy journey through this this world of um, intelligence agencies and spy versus spy and all all kinds of stuff like that. And it was just a crazy rabbit hole to go down. Well, I, I would encourage anyone who is interested in this crazy story to listen to the podcast because I think you you do a great job uh, explaining you know what actually happened as best as we can tell and going through the the various theories and taking everyone seriously, but uh, skeptically looking at the different possibilities as well. Um, I mean, a lot of people have been extremely skeptical of this story to begin yeah. with, especially, you know, people who were not fans of Donald Trump or not fans of the CIA or the military industrial right. complex or something and have treated it, you know, quite derisively. Right. And, and like cast your mind back to, the summer of 2017 and how completely bonkers everything was right like had scaramucci even happened by that point like there was <laughs> everyone was there was the trump russia stuff in and of itself and we we'll, we can go into that a little bit later because it did get tied up in in that right. a little bit um in our in our reporting but there was so much going on at the time it was really difficult to um to figure out what the hell was going on or even if something was going on um, and also there was new leadership at every agency. Um, this started out with Rex Tillerson at state, and then that later became Mike Pompeo. Parts of the government aren't talking to other parts of the government. Everyone's kind of at war with themselves. So it happened during this completely crazy time. Yeah, and people who were skeptical of anything Trump or the Trump administration put forth were skeptical of this. And, I, you know, I was a person like that as well. Um, right. And then it um, had some sort of vague parallels to like the weapons of mass destruction mm -hmm. claims you know leading up to the invasion of iraq which was you know 20 years ago right exactly of just like untested hypotheses and possible scaremongering and other things like that so yeah, yeah. and and it's and it's also the the first theory that the trump administration did put forward that, that it was a kind of acoustic weapon um, I think Rex Tillerson first said that, uh, was briefing that to the press, and I think Marco Rubio then leaked an uh, internal briefing saying that. But that didn't hold water. Like, like that right. was on the on the face of it. it like, it's not a uh, like there are sonic directed devices, um, like this thing called an LRAD, but they they're used for crowd control, right? Like these, it's it's a loud noise. Like that's not something that can be subtly used as a um, as some kind of targeted weapon. So that, the first thing they were saying was also just, you know, completely ridiculous. Right. Um, but then it, it's sort of the drip drip of different theories and everything that's happened since. And um, the evidence has sort of mounted up very slowly in that kind of way. Right. So you, I think you convincingly show that um, something did happen, that this was, <laughs> that this was not like a pure mass psychogenic event or mm -hmm. you know was created as like a false flag or you know some sort of thing to whip up anti you know cuban anti-russian anti-communist energies or something uh mm -hmm. you you interview people who were injured from this experience or i don't know how to describe it exactly um and you know i was convinced that from your reporting that these people had actual brain injuries and something did happen 
Um, yeah. And so I think that is useful because there's probably people, you know, smart people who think that, oh, this thing was just shown to be a hoax or something, or, you know, this is just another crazy thing that happened. We don't need to pay attention to it. Yeah. And it, it, it's really, there, there's, um, I think, enough evidence out there that some kind of, that, that this is a device that's in active deployment in, in some places. And, we, and we've heard, for example, from um, US government insiders that um, this is also a, a device and tactic that the US has the capability of and we've heard from sources is deploying in the field themselves. So it, it's a thing that's out there, right? When it's spread by the end of, you know, 2018, there's several thousand cases worldwide. People are, just sort of, people are claiming it everywhere. Um, to me, it, it, it seems like there's a huge amount of that is the psychogenic spread, right? Like, mm -hmm. but I, I think um, they, they do also sit side by side. Like there's, there's no reason. To me, what it seems like is that at the core of this was some, some kind of attack. Um, and I, I think in the four major clusters that we looked at which was uh, Havana, Vienna, Hanoi, and Guangzhou. It fits the pattern of some kind of deployment, like there's motive. Um, actually, Guangzhou is a difficult one because um, very difficult to imagine that someone could be operating on Chinese soil without China knowing about it. But certainly Vienna and um, Havana, we know Russia operates there. We know this fits their pattern. Um, we know that it's the kind of thing they would do, and we know that it's the kind of thing they've done in the past. So it's there's there's no reason to be um, that this is outside the realms of possibility. Mm -hmm. um, and then the psychogenic, just sort of there were parts of it that just don't fit the pattern. So it's sort of the only thing that was left. It was sort of an Occam's razor type thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if people, you know, are intrigued, and I mean, it's weird to say like spoiler alert or something, but if people mm -hmm. are intrigued and want to follow along with the narrative and your journey in the podcast, they could, you know, go start listening to it right now and yeah you know, i mean it's a heck of a journey that that brings us to that conclusion you know like it, right. it, we did not come to that point lightly and i think we hopefully in in the show can sort of bring bring the listener along in our train of logic there right okay so so people yeah if people are interested you know pause this download the sound uh, mystery of Anna syndrome listen to all eight or so episodes and then they can come back so let's i get maybe dig into what you think actually happened i mean in some ways you know so one theory was this was just uh insects the sound was just insects right and and americans were not familiar with you know uh, a, a native caribbean insect species but sort of like you show that okay that like that probably is true but was sort of a red herring yeah. or false lead that got conflated with this real thing that actually happened so the just crickets thing yeah, it was. It's a very frustrating. So the the crickets thing was it came out of a recording of a sound. And so the onset of these symptoms was accompanied by, um, in almost all cases, this kind of screeching. What was described as a screeching kind of metallic sound. And in one of the cases, um, one of the people recorded the sound in his garden, and then later sound analysis showed that it was the mating call of a type of cricket. And actually, interestingly, a type of cricket that no one had. Uh, known was on the island of Cuba before. So they, they literally discovered a new species that way. Mm, okay. But that certainly is what the recording was of. Now, okay. And so that, and so if anyone heard, you know, a, like a radio or news story about this, they probably played this recording, yeah. which it seems very likely is of a cricket. 
it is not connected to the actual case yeah. at all because um it can't it, it just the sound of cricket within that human band of, of hearing it's a very annoying sound it's a very loud sound <laughs> we we went to cuba we, we heard it for ourselves we sort of discovered it and it was a real moment of oh yeah this is a really but sound is not capable of causing ocular damage it's not capable of causing brain lesions um which were both things that that researchers found in uh, in these patients um so yeah it, it just became this moment where we just sort of sat down and we were like okay two things happen at the same time um everyone has proposed that there is a causal link and the it, it just doesn't fit with the facts of the causal link so in, incredibly frustratingly we were like well it, this just seems to have happened at the same time and completely complicated the entire story like it, yeah. it really sent everyone off down a red herring barely even covers it just a complete blind alley um that, that made everyone's reporting on this extremely complicated <laughs> right okay and then i mean so so people who say this is just crickets in some ways they have there's like but it's both right and wrong and then the yeah, people who say yes the people who say well this is just mass hysteria mass psychogenic event like there's right and wrong there too because like yeah some of this like all of this stuff it's it's a very nuanced story right like right. there there is never a um like snidely whiplash in a in a <laughs> in a van holding a ray gun what it is is it's a even even more than that, it is this kind of secret microwave energy, not quite war, but everyone's got these devices and it's deploying them and and okay, so and this that's is this happening is, all the time. This is the conclusion that you guys came to is that it it's some sort of microwave or high frequency, and please correct me if I'm using the wrong terms, energy yeah. that possibly was not used as intending to like hit individual people and mess with their brains but had another use related to intercepting communications or disrupting communications yeah. in specific places and if people happen to walk through where the beam is going then it could you know give them like the a traumatic brain injury basically um yeah. is that all did i describe that accurately that yeah that's that's pretty much it so the, so as far back as the 50s uh, radiation has been used uh, by Russia in particular, and then later sort of by everyone, to uh, activate bugs remotely. So bugs previously were detectable because they had to have their own little recording thing, they had to have their own energy source, whereas um, what's called a passive uh, passive bug is powered and then the recordings are taken by And then by bug, there are bugs in the story. Listening device. Literal bugs in the story. There's literal <laughs> bugs, yeah. Oh, God, yes. Um, the, yeah, we're talking we're talking surveillance devices. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. So you described this crazy incident that happened where was it an ambassador was presented with like a, a wall sculpture or something, and there was yeah. a hidden receiver. In in nineteen forty six, I think the uh, the then American ambassador um, to Moscow was presented by this group of school children with this big wooden seal. Um, like as in the Great Seal of America, it's the you know the, the mm -hmm. eagle which, that's holding a bunch of arrows and blah, 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 the the like eagle thing, and he was so pleased with it, he put it up on the back wall of his office, 
And inside it, inside the beak of this carved eagle was a, uh, a little, one of these little devices. And they're not detectable by the kind of um, text that, that they had to detect things at, at that time. And so for seven, seven years, it sat there as an active listening, you know, was, they were listening into everything that was said by the uh, ambassador in his, in his office for seven years. And that was from using directed microwave energy from across the road from the embassy. And then, as I say, it would turn on that bug and then the radio f waves that would come back would, would have the sound. Right. So that, yeah. So technology that existed like during world, during after world war two, I guess, you know, could possibly be involved here. And then, you know, so part of the, I mean, so, uh, an incident that happened that made me like question my understanding of you know, what could have happened was the Russian invasion of Ukraine and sort of the, um, you know, relative incompetence of, of the Russian military. And then so it was like, mm -hmm. oh, so they probably don't have like secret weapons we don't understand or something if they're screwing up this badly. And that, that was also something that made people think that like maybe the whole like UFO thing was more likely to be real if it wasn't like a, a Russian like next generation. Oh, I mean, let's, you know, the, all the Chinese spy balloons. Yeah, we can leave that to the side. But, like, yeah, God. But it was just like, but this understanding that this is more like not like a weapon exactly, but like an accidental, you know, a byproduct of something that was not intended to injure people, but was intended to like collect right. intelligence All, that sort of does maybe make more sense. Yeah. Although it, it, it's worth saying that, you know, by this time when it, it would be pretty clear that it's having kind of deleterious health effects, either whoever's um, deploying it doesn't care or it's part of what they're trying to achieve, like, a, like a kind of intimidation, uh, like it's a twofer, right? Right. But it's it's not like the Russians have a secret weapon that they've invented that is beyond our capabilities of understanding and is causing these mysterious no, I mean, it, things. It, to me, it's it's even scarier than not only is... And, and there are weapons that use this tech that are explicitly designed to be weapons. Um, but the one of those that we know to exist was the one commissioned by the U.S. Marine Corps. Like, it, it's not beyond America's capability uh, because we, we know it's something that America has in its arsenal. Mm -hmm. Okay, so part of the the story is, as I mentioned earlier, like two or three weeks ago, um, the U.S. government. Well, did they officially release it, or it just was leaked? No, it was released, right? Like it was released. They released a summary saying what they think actually happened, and at least the w the way it was reported in the media was sort of like, you know, Anna syndrome yeah. debunked, um, right. which is not not accurate. Which but how is did not what not what the report actually does to me at all. So the, the report was so weird, half of it's redacted, um, and it is incredibly weirdly phrased. They had seven uh, intelligence agencies. It was done by the DNI, which is like the White House coordination of the intelligence agency bit. And seven agencies participated. Um, we don't know which seven. America's got what is it, 16 intelligence agencies. We don't know which of the seven were that, that participated in this. And they were asked to rank uh, in terms of likely to unlikely that this was, and this is a very specific phrase, that this was a concerted effort by a foreign actor of a weapon. Um, and then they had to rank their answer on a scale of high confident to low confident, right? Now, um, I think it was four said it was, quote, very unlikely, two said it was, quote, unlikely. And then the confidence intervals, none of them said they had more than moderate to high confidence. 
Um, several said they had low confidence and one refused to even answer the question. So that that's what it stands to me. That's, you know, US agencies going, and and frankly, from, from our experience reporting on people like the CIA, like they, these agents, these are agencies that operate like kind of private fiefdoms. They're, they're, we, we heard it from a source in the State Department that was like, you know, if the CIA knows what's going on, we'd we'd be the last people they'd tell. <laughs> I mean, that that's why I believe the Director of National Intelligence position was created because of the failures before the, 9-11, the where the yeah. various, you know, various groups had facts that they weren't sharing with each other because, yeah, it was like, this is our turf sort of thing. Um, right. And so DNI was supposed to get everything and sort of like synthesize it um, in a way. Um, yeah. But yeah, and it's, good luck to them. Right. But yeah, and but these are massive bureaucracies and you describe how the various bureaucracies like screwed up this story from the beginning. And so there could be a cover your ass sort of thing. In oh, the completely. Final report of being like, well, this wasn't our fault that we did, you know, sort of thing. Um, so that's something to keep in mind that, yeah. And and so like, a, you know, where many stupid things happen on Twitter when when this when the story came out, a lot of people were like, see, I told you so like this is fake yeah. the whole time. Whereas, like, they're trusting, yeah, these, uh, yeah. you know, they're like, oh, now you trust the CIA or something? Like, you know. Yeah. I mean, it it doesn't. And and it's also complicated by the fact there's a whole bunch of lawsuits coming out. There was the Havana Act, which um, offered finally financial compensation to the people who, um, you know, have unarguably been severely injured by this and are injured to this day. I mean, this is this is people who are severely disabled now. And. There's a lot of lawsuits going on, and there's a lot of people who are applying for payments under the Havana Act, and um, you know it's it's certainly uh, I think part of the government trying to draw a line under this is, and a lot of the the widespread, as I say, is psychogenic. But there's now a lot of people asking to be both evaluated and um, and then compensated, and uh, you know I, I think a fair portion of them deserve compensation and have been really screwed over by the government in their response. And, you know, even, even if this entirely was a massive and a sort of unprecedentedly huge mass psychogenic event triggered by, you know, extreme stress that diplomats were under, that's still a huge failure of, of the State Department and the CIA's duty of care to its, to its officers. So like the, the government has fucked up here. <laughs> Uh, in in whatever way you slice it, like whatever uh, um, mm. is exactly going on here, whatever the scale of how much there was a kind of tight core device deployed to to kind of huge psychogenic spread, like the U.S. and the Trump administration, and then it's worth saying also the Biden administration has not done perfectly on this. Um, yeah, there, there's been a lot of missteps along the way. Yeah. Um, so in the final episode, you got you had some big you know gets or landed some big interviews, and one of them was with uh, John Bolton, mm -hmm. the former you know uh, he was the national security advisor for about a year uh, yeah. for, for Trump. And can you talk about? Well, I, I mean, were you surprised that he agreed to do an interview and also Very talk surprised. about sort of yeah. what he it's, what he said? It, it, he he sort of sat down with us, and and we just come back. Uh, so we came back from Cuba, and the um, the line, the message from the Cuban administration that I don't think was is particularly unfair is that whatever happened here and their investigation had found no evidence of an attack um, was that this had been a pretext for the US government, the new administration, 
to roll back on what Obama had done, which was open up Cuba. And mm -hmm. tourists had flooded into Cuba. Money was finally in the economy. Cuban people had sort of sunk their life savings into opening a little restaurant or an Airbnb. And then the Trump administration used this to put Cuba back on the state sponsor of terror list to reimpose sanctions. Um, and the Cuban economy just collapsed, and like just in on itself like a dying star. And it's it's devastated to this day. I mean, inflation's out of control. People are people are leaving. It's caused an enormous amount of misery for the Cuban people. Um, and so we sat down with John Bolton and we wanted to put this to him. We wanted to say, like, you know, this is what this is what the Cubans are saying that this was just an excuse for you to do everything you wanted to do. And he was like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, this was not part of our decision matrix. We were going to do this anyway. Um, we and and more than that, he said, we knew from the beginning that the Cubans would like extremely unlikely to be the ones responsible for this, both in terms of their interests, you know, or their capabilities. Um, but we, you know, wanted to punish them anyway. And so um, we followed up and said, well, hang on, if, if that early on you had a suspicion that someone else was a suspect and everyone was, you know, obviously Russia is top of the suspect list in this kind of thing. Um, and he said that, uh, and this blew our minds completely, he said that they couldn't take, they felt they couldn't take that briefing that Russia was likely behind if something was happened here to Trump because they mm -hmm. thought he would side with Russia. He, he said that he was like, we didn't know what he would do. We didn't know if he would just pick up the phone and call the Kremlin, right? <laughs> and we were, I was just floored by that because that's every every time you think the Trump administration can't surprise you, it it jumps out with something like that, which is just gobsmacking. Yeah, I mean, I, Bolton wrote a book like you know he turned on Trump, Trump turned on him, and and he you know is no no longer a fan of Trump yeah. if he ever was. So you know he wrote a book about all the. Uh, crazy stuff he witnessed and it was but yeah, something like duty or yeah but it's and he you know he's a loathsome figure in in many ways and it like has he's the bomberon guy yes he's been i mean bad for you know the past 20 years of american foreign policy like uh, often when something bad happened he had a hand in it um but it you know, like it makes sense yeah if if the, if what we know of trump if they had said well we think it's russia uh, he, uh trump you know Trump was friends with Putin and whether or not you believe that Putin like secretly helped Trump get elected, Trump was naturally yeah, predisposed couldn't, to couldn't be trusted with, with intelligence information compared to, to one of America's largest geopolitical, right? Right. Like that's. Yeah. That's... I mean, and then Trump explicitly said at one point in that, um, you know, press conference with Putin that he, if Putin said something, he would believe it over the American intelligence yeah. agency. Yeah, so, yeah, it literally just. Uh, can't yeah, that's that was one of the things about Trump. He would just say it, and so we're both yeah. is just saying it, always saying you know, the quiet also. part out loud. Yeah. So yeah, so that part of it, you know, the the weirdness of like you have this bizarre event, and then you have the most bizarre president in U.S. history in office during yeah. it. Uh, made yeah that, that take that part, Rutherford B. Hayes. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Trump is is far worse than any of yeah. the, the bearded Actually, uh, I know, late nineteenth century. <laughs> no further questions. Um, right. Okay. So you interviewed. Going back a little bit, you've interviewed victims, people who are suffering from mm -hmm. this. What what was that experience like? And you know, did you come in skeptical? And after talking to them, you were convinced, or or how did? Yeah, how we, did we went in with a sort of 
twofold approach. We were obviously approaching all of the information we were getting with with skepticism, but also with an open mind to the to the lived experience of the people we were talking to. And the, their their stories were over and over again completely heartbreaking. I mean, uh, just yeah, lives completely destroyed by this. Um, people who can't, uh, who are sort of housebound now, who have trouble trouble speaking, trouble forming thoughts, trouble, uh, a lot of people with uh, trouble seeing or hearing. It was clear that something pretty drastic had, had happened here. Um, and, you know, we went so over backwards trying to, to make the psychogenic hypothesis fit with some of these people. Um, and psychogenic, like it's unarguably powerful, like it has a, the capability to cause powerful physical effects. When we're talking about these these tens of people who are still severely disabled to this day, even the proponents of psychogenic theory will uh, say that usually effects fail uh, fade over time with sort mm-hmm. of a reduction of the stress uh, environment that that kind of caused the psychogenic event. We weren't seeing that. You know, we were seeing people who are permanently uh, devastated by this, and and it was it was a really impactful experience to to hear from. Um, and have uh, have these people share their stories with us. And it was a real honor to be able to tell them. But something had clearly happened. I mean, this was um, this was a powerful thing that they'd gone through. Yeah, I mean, I think what you say, or you you quote a doctor to the effect of it seemed like these people had you know been in like a massive car accident or something, right? Like, looking at yeah, this, what the state of their brains. But there was the no phrase obvious... they used was the immaculate concussion. They were seeing traumatic brain injuries like you'd get from a NFL wide receiver after a big hit, but with no trauma at all, mm-hmm. like no physical trauma. So, okay, well, let's talk about the maybe the podcast as you know an, an audio uh, <laughs> piece of audio that exists itself. It's 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 this sounds better than almost any podcast I've ever listened to, and you have. A great like score and you have at one point a uh, choir <laughs> singing yeah. and you talk a lot about sound and what sound is and um it, but but like sound is a metaphor and the power the power yeah. of sound and yeah ju- but just the you know this uh, th- it's worth listening to just as like a interesting audio <laughs> experience we, i think i, I talk about ex- this part of yeah. it yeah i i got extremely lucky with with the people that i got to work with um because we went into this it's because it's, and you know, the first suggestion was that it was a sonic weapon. The symptoms were all accompanied by the onset of this red sound. Sound was kind of at the core of this story. And so we really wanted to make something where the sound design and the music reflected um, and, and helped to tell the story. And so uh, Go Rodeo, who was the fantastic production company we worked with in, in Washington, um, Max Johnston, who was the, the lead producer, along with um, Becca and Ian and Megan and everyone else at Go Rodeo just did a fabulous job of, of making it sound so good. Um, and we also found these incredible musicians, a string quartet called the Taka Quartet, who who created a fabulous soundscape for for the production team to use. So yeah, we just I just got really lucky essentially. And and yeah, you, it it does sound fantastic. They they've done tremendous work. You know, I think most people probably be intrigued by this story because it's so strange. But like, there's, I think there's, you know, this should be checked out as just an interesting like evolution of you know podcasting form and you know what what can be done uh, in this relatively new medium. 
Um, okay, anything, you know, I, f I think we've covered most of the things I wanted to talk about. Anything else you want to mention um, about the podcast or the, the story before before we wrap up? Um, I think we covered everything, yeah. It's sort of, I, I, the, the Cuba thing is, it was the other thing that was, uh, I just want to say again, was so stark to me, was how, how much this has just completely destroyed the nation of like it's it's really really stark to to have seen that so that in in some ways we went into it and we we built our own test weapon we, we did all sorts of fun right, things right. like that but it, it, there's also a moment of sort of stepping back we're like oh this is something that's really you know had a devastating effect um so there, there was sort of a serious moment at the, at the end of the recording where we sort of like oh wow this has been a really impactful event and so it was it was fascinating to work on um from that perspective for just kind of watching history take place right and and america's cuba policy has been irrational and mm. you know captive to specific interests and in the related to the electoral college for for so long and it seemed very promising you know towards the end of the second obama administration when he like did this way of opening it up like bypassing congress yeah and, and there was so much hope yeah and then that this totally bizarre event scuttled you know scuttled that i i don't mm -hmm. know what what is what is the state of the biden you know nothing biden administration's the, the, the biden administration has uh done nothing to change um what trump did in reaction to this that cuba remains a pariah i as as a european um as soon as i set foot in cuba my ability to fly to the u.s without applying for a visa disappeared so that's huh. you know it's not just all the you know thousands and thousands of american tourists who now can't go to cuba people from the rest of the world can't go to cuba without it affecting their ability to go to the united states so it's it's just like putting putting an entire putting an entire country in like the cooler right like it's it's dreadful and and i think it's a real um embarrassment for the biden administration that they haven't done more to undo the damage that, that Trump did. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the cynical view was always that this was about Florida politics mm -hmm. and winning Florida in the Electoral College. And Florida has moved so far right. Right. Florida's a, Florida's a red state now. Yeah. Like, Florida basically you know, seems it's... to be lost to the Democrats for some length of time. So yeah. why not just do the right thing? And bizarrely, and... they seem to have swapped it for Georgia, which is interesting to me. Right. Georgia's not yeah, very far so... You know, you, you can't lose Florida any more than they're currently than the yeah. Democrats are currently losing it. Why not, you know, try to like do something good for um for yeah, both sides? It's very we, frustrating. Yeah. But there there is there huge pressure from Florida politicians who come from the very anti Cuba um like exiles from the regime, people like Marco Rubio, um, who are very, very anti Cuba and are constantly pushing for and these are people with a lot of clout, you know. Rubio sits on the Intelligence Committee, the Foreign Affairs Committee, whichever one that is. But but yeah, like this is um, the Biden administration caving to pressure from from this particular part of politics and and not not fixing something which I think it has a moral duty to fix. Right, and and um, it's not just Republicans. It's you know, I'm in New Jersey right now. The um, one of our two senators, Bob Menendez, is right, American, yes. and he's you know, very powerful. I don't know if he's on foreign affairs or, or what, but he he's, sits on a couple of committees as well. Yeah. He's a, yeah. he's a big, he has a, a outsized power uh, in, in yeah. American foreign policy and is also extremely uh, anti, you know, 
communist regime in Cuba. So, um, yeah, so it's it's I guess it is it's just not just Florida. Like there's you know, there's right. a huge. I mean, Hudson County, New Jersey, is a huge Cuban American population here. But yeah, it's it is complicated and the raw politics of it. You can see why they're doing it, but it's it's still it was brave for Obama to do this. But yeah, it's it is um, disappointing that that Biden hasn't tried to um, to change anything from from Trump's yeah. position. Okay, so. Why don't we end things there? So Great. once again, the it's the sound mystery of Havana syndrome. A link will be in the show notes, um, but people, you know, can use whatever podcast app they want and find it there. Um, so if if people want to follow your stuff in particular, where would you direct them to go? Uh, best way is I'm at Nikki Wolf on Twitter. That's N I C K Y W O O L F. While Twitter still exists <laughs> right um and i guess i'm the same on mastodon if that's going to be the next one which i i don't know that it is but yeah whatever in the i'm i'll i'll go by my name in whatever the post twitter world looks like i guess <laughs> maybe it's the metaverse <laughs> i don't think it's gonna be the metaverse but, but who, it's gonna be the metaverse. Yeah, something will emerge i guess yeah. um okay and you know actually since the last episode i recorded i i started a feed just for this podcast on Twitter, which if people just want to follow that, um, they can do so. And that is the handle will be in the links and it's culturally DET, uh, culturally debt is the, <laughs> is the feed just for, nice. uh, for links for this. So people can follow that or they can follow me if they want to as well at a R Y E H C W. Okay. Nikki, thank you for taking the time. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to you. I really enjoyed the podcast. I recommend anyone who's interested in the story, check it out. Um, yeah this is great fun thank you so much for having me well you're welcome thank you again and thanks to all the listeners out there we'll see you again next time